No Catch Up Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little, Big Nick the Quick on the line. Rest in peace, Kobe Bryant. Before we even get into the show, we're going to have a moment of silence for Kobe, his daughter, and everyone else that passed away. Big Nick the Quick, um, I think I might have been the one that broke the news to you. I kind of sent the uh, the TMZ article through the thread. What uh, any initial initial statements you want to say about Cole passing? I could kind of get into my spiel, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, first it was crazy when you said it because I don't know what's going on, but for some reason, like your text messages on the group chat come out of order. So I didn't know who you were talking about at first. All, all you, you know, all I really saw was like you say, like I'll oh, say it's not true or something like that. Like I initially thought I even said like, "What are you talking about?" Something with AB. Like I thought something had happened with you know AB or like the second thing is I thought something had happened with D Rose, which is crazy. My mind just went there. But then uh, you know you said no Kobe, and I looked it up. And at that point in time, I think only TMZ was carrying it. Um, it was just kind of one of those things, man. Like it was just. It's crazy, man. You know, like it's one of those people that, you know, obviously I don't know Kobe Bryant at all. I don't think that needs to be said, but like it's one of those people that you don't really see like passing away. So when you initially read that and obviously this is before, you know, I knew any of the details um, about his daughter or anybody else that was on the flight. Or I'm sorry, on the on the on, on the helicopter. Um, just one of those things that's just kind of like surreal, you know. And then as the details start to trickle in throughout the day, um, you know, when it looks like, you know, we finally figure out exactly what happened or, you know, who was on there, it just made it, you know, obviously a hundred times worse, man. You know, the fact that uh, his daughter, you know, only 13 years old was on the plane and another and two other families, you know, on the plane, um, just, you know, just, just crazy, man. Really one of those things is just kind of gut wrenching, um, you know, just especially, you know, you kind of start the day with that. Um, just really, you know, really tragic situation, man. Just, just in general, whenever, whenever, you know, you hear about something like that, man, it's, it's just crazy. And then you add the, obviously the Kobe layer to it. Um, you know, again, it's one of those people that you kind of looked at as like immortal. Um, so it's kind of, you know, two parts of it, like the, obviously the, the overwhelming tragedy of nine people dying, including two children. Um, and then you add the, the Kobe fact to it. It's just. It's crazy, man. One of those crazy things. Yeah, it's very tragic. I was talking to, I got a, you know, we went to school out west, so I got a bunch of Los Angeles-based homies that obviously love Kobe, and it was funny because I was talking to my guy Ryan, shout out Ryan, hold your head, uh, this morning, and he was talking about what Lamar Odom said. It's like, like Kobe Bryant dies in, like a helicopter accident it's like you almost feel like kobe should have hopped out that like he would hop out the helicopter and land on his feet type of thing right like nobody can like who like what's gonna happen to kobe like nah nothing like nothing can happen to kobe like it, it just didn't really seem real it's just one of those dudes that i know people throw this around like larger than life he was one of those cats. LeBron is one of those guys that are just, 
he's a superstar amongst superstars type of thing. And it was just a heartbreaking thing because, and you never really realize how much you really appreciate someone and the man that they are until something like this happens. I don't know if that's something that death brings or like I knew I appreciated Kobe and the guy that he's become and being the family man. And of course, all the accomplishments on the court. Right. But you never really realize how much you rock with someone until something like this happens. It's it it, it kind of goes down the same path as the you got to give them the roses while they can still smell them. It's like really sit back and appreciate the 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 role models and the talent and all that stuff that is around when it's actually around. I've cried probably twice in the past like 16 17 years uh once when my father passed away recently and then yesterday like i don't even know like what happened really it was just kind of like i was just upset it was just an upsetting thing um i've learned with my father and we're gonna get i'm gonna ask you uh i guess it's kind of a personal question but i've just learned to like embrace grief you know uh everything that like I've learned throughout the years that anytime I try to fight anything, it it never really helps. So it's kind of, I've just been kind of trying to embrace grief, work through it, and then like analyze it that way. Um, What are your thoughts? Because I know a lot of people were upset that, you know, TMZ broke the story and before their family could find out and that type of thing. Where do you sit with TMZ breaking the story before his family can be notified? And then about just a lot of the irresponsible journalism that was happening. Yeah. And I think, you know, I kind of, it's like a two part question, but um, as far, you know, as far as TMZ breaking it, man, like I feel for his family and obviously the, the other families involved that learned that way. You know what I mean? Obviously, you know, that was part of the crazy thing is when it first happened, like, you know, I'm talking to my girl. I'm like, oh, this just happened. She's like, I don't see it anywhere. And I'm like, it's on TMZ. You know what I mean? Like, nowhere else had it, obviously. And, you know, so they reported it way earlier than anybody else did. Um, and, I, and obviously, that's just a shitty way to find out about, you know, your loved ones and things like that, you know. Um, on the other hand, like... <clears throat> That's what they do. That's their business. You know what I mean? Their business is to break news and their their goal of their business is to break, you know, them specifically is to break news first. Um, I don't think that they were the ones necessarily spreading around the misinformation. All they initially said was that Kobe had died. Then you have all these other people running around with it. I think at one point I saw that Rick Fox was on the plane, was on the helicopter, like all yeah. types of wild shit. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, it started um, getting that, like that, out of hand. Yeah. Yeah, so I think, you know, TMZ, obviously, I, I don't I don't recall them getting too much stuff wrong. So I think, obviously, they, they had that on a good source. But it was a lot of these other people who started reporting all types of crazy shit, whether it was his entire family was on the uh, on the helicopter with him, or like I said, the Rick Fox thing, or this, that, and the third. Um, or, you know, spreading around the video of some helicopter going down that wasn't even this incident. Yeah. You know, all all that other stuff going around. That's where the irresponsible stuff came into play because that stuff couldn't have been sourced because it's not true. You know what I mean? Or whoever it was sourced by, those aren't strong sources. So, again, it sucks. I feel for the families, like, learning that way. 
But at the same time, I'm not one of those people who's ready to like go burn down the TMZ office because that's that's just what they do. Yeah, I mean, news is and news. No and, matter no right. matter who was the subject, no matter who it was, if it was something of public interest, that's their business. That's what that's what it's there for. And obviously, I mean, their their site crashed yesterday, so um, you know that that's what they're there for. Like, I'm not again. I'm not ready to burn burn down the TMZ office, but I feel for the families of finding out that way because. You know, they, chances are they didn't see it on Twitter. Somebody probably hit them up. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah, so that's just that's just awful. Right. I think. I mean, there's a lot of people that are upset with TMZ and they're this, that, and the third. I mean, I agree with you. I think it's just one of those things where their job, whoever it is, is they they get news and it's reliable. It's not like it was a bullshit story. So it's reliable. It was the truth. So of course you'd have to release it if you can. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, again, that's that's what they do. So you, you know. Yeah. So this is this is kind of a personal question, and I don't think enough real people like talk about this, and I, especially not like on a sports podcast like ours or in our type of space. How do you typically deal with grief? I I feel like a lot of death has been following me around. Not that Kobe was like my guy or anything outside of how he was everyone else's guy. Just being Kobe, being Bryant. Um, how do you typically deal with grief? Like, is there anything that a certain process or anything that you can share that you think would be helpful? Because a lot of my guys in LA are truly hurt to lose Nip and then lose Kobe. And I don't want to, I usually come off as like the uncle, the uncle guy that's like trying to give advice and stuff. Yeah. But, what um anything that you you do where you feel like it helps i guess no you know i i think you have those people who when bad things happen they're able to speak so eloquently on it and you know have all these great things to say and you know all that and i think you know obviously you know you went through what you went through with your father last year and you know me and my, my siblings and things like that so i think both of us you know have had some some recent deaths that we've dealt with um but you know i don't i don't think there's any type of real like it's it's it man that's that's people man it's how you deal with it honestly it's you know what i mean there's thing. no there's no playbook to it like for me personally i'm not <clears throat> like for me when i, I Mine are more, I I am more of like a probably for better or for worse, like I tend to bottle things and then they'll all come out at once, but then it might not come back out again for like six months, you know? So obviously like in the immediate aftermath of something, like you're just in shock and you react how you react. But as far as like the whole grieving process and how that goes, man, it affects people differently. And, you know, I don't, I don't really have any particular way I deal with it because I think depending on what would happen there's just certain situations that would devastate me a lot more and that's where like i really feel for this situation um you know being a parent and you know knowing what it's like to love your child and like you know you think about um his his wife vanessa and just what she's you know just I, i can't i can't imagine burying a child man like that is just it's just a tough thing man you know what i'm saying i've seen right. my parents do it now with two children um and I, I just think the toll that that takes on you like i just can't physically imagine it because like you you raise somebody 
and you know you you, you put your all into them and you, you love them and you know you, you nurture them and you you bring them up and you have all these great plans for them and for them to die period is terrible for them to die in a way where their last moments had to be truly you know horrific you know what i mean like it's this is not a, a, a quick death this is i mean it was quick but in the sense like you're you're, you're, you're you know what's it's, happening you know yeah, what i mean right. watching yourself die like i mean that's that's horrific man you know and <clears throat> yeah so i i feel for that as a parent you know what i mean like that's where it's truly fucked up like the loss of life for two 13 year olds and you know i read that the other the other people it was the the husband the wife and then the daughter and then they have one other daughter at home like she's 16 years old like her entire family's dead like that's fucking crazy yeah I, so there's I no there's too, no yeah. there's no formula to 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 deal with her grief you know what i mean like that there's no because there's just there's no time here there's certain shit that for the rest of your life yeah right? that every you're gonna holiday, follow you right every holiday every time when like it's family 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 like yours died in a fucking helicopter crash like that's that's crazy man so like i don't think there's any way you know again i know certain people do have their ways and god bless them but you know um i just think that it's all it's circumstantial and it just depends on the human on the person and mm. you know and something like this because it's tragic and it's just it's just horrific and all that like you know that 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 woman i, I feel for her, you know Absolutely. Really yeah, I mean, I think what for me, I, yeah, that's I think that's really well said, Nick. I mean, yeah, I think everyone's different. Everyone has to process it on their own. I think what helped me, especially dealing with my father, it hasn't even been a year yet, which is still wild. But it, um, embracing it and trying to, I know, and this is people. This is me speaking for myself and kind of how I've been dealing with it is right. just embracing it and kind of trying to process it for what it is. Like, there's no answers for it, right? Like, why did it? Nothing has helped me for, like, why has this happened or why are we at where we are now? It's kind of like embrace it and just try to process it as best you can and Every time I get a wave of emotions, because that's really how it comes. Like, random stuff will trigger me where I'll get really upset and really emotional. Or just just when you're not expecting it, driving in the car or walking down the street or smelling something or hearing a song or whatever, right? I just kind of let, let let that come over me, embrace it, and then just kind of process it, think about it, and then uh, keep it moving. I think um, this is a perfect segue into kind of, because, you know, everyone's different. Everyone deals with the stuff differently. Do you feel like the NBA should have canceled the games yesterday? No. Um, again, like, just kind of, I think logistically, number one, and, and this doesn't make sense. I mean, this isn't the way to really look at it, but logistically, that just would have been a nightmare. Half the team is half the league is playing, and you're talking about canceling games two hours before a tip off. Um, so I just don't think that 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 would have been just hard to reschedule 16 teams essentially. But outside of that, I mean, I just think that I think there's very few situations that they're going to cancel a game for, and regardless of the impact that this might have had, I don't think that they're going to go ahead and cancel the full slate of games. With that being said, I don't fault any player 
um, that didn't play yesterday, right? Like, we, we killed Kyrie, obviously, but I know that he had a close personal relationship with Kobe, and just like, you know, you call off work if someone dies and, you know, you're, you can't deal with it that particular day, that's what he did. You know, Kyrie took a sick day, and he's entitled to that under the circumstances. But as far as the league canceling games, um, again, I'm not, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't kind of, I wasn't really banging that drum. Um, I would have understood if they did, you know, um, maybe if the Lakers were playing, the Lakers decided to cancel a game, like for sure. I get that. Obviously they wouldn't have been playing in Staples with the Grammys, but you know, I think the league kind of just did the right thing as far as letting the games go on, you know, not to be cliche, but that's probably what Kobe would have wanted. You know, I know everybody's saying that, but, um, you know, I think the show, the show has got to go on. And that in that situation is as hard as it is, you know, and obviously the result was, you know, you saw the looks on some of these guys faces. They were looking like zombies out there. And obviously Distraught not before about the, the game. game. Yeah. yeah the national anthem the game, like, after the game and, and all that. But, you know, again, not to be cliche, but, you know, if you if obviously following Kobe, you know, what type of dude he was, you know, he probably would have wanted the games to go on uh, in that particular situation. So I, I really think like outside of like world changing events, 9-11 type situations, um, you're not going to see them cancel eight games. Yeah, no. I My initial, I tweeted out at the NBA that, like, cancel the whole slate, do it for Kobe. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, I don't, I don't give a fuck about the logistics or any of that shit because that's more than likely why they couldn't cancel it because of TV rights and all that other bullshit. I don't really care about that. I think it's just more of the keep going to continue to do what you typically do and we will continue to grieve and and memorialize Kobe and there'll be tributes and all that stuff but like you said he would have wanted folks to play and just keep going keep hooping and that's what would help those guys anyway there was I'm sure there was certain points in the game where you were just hooping and you had forgotten that you know Kobe had passed. You weren't thinking about that whole situation. If you cancel the games, it's it's a it, it it's a little it's a little tougher to deal with. It takes their mind off of that stuff for at least portions of that game while they're on the floor playing ball with their fellow bros. It's going to be a long grieving process, but let's try to reflect on the positive memories and the the impact that Kobe had on and off. What's your who's your favorite who who was your favorite Kobe number eight or number twenty four and and why and I guess you can touch on both but that's oh, the, 20, the initial yeah question. Yes, my, my favorite is twenty four for sure uh, twenty four twenty four was Vino remember that when he was saying that is Vino nah, fine he, wine yeah he, uh, so. he, he gave himself multiple nicknames which is great yeah, he's the only person great, yeah. in human history that could give himself a nickname and it actually got respect and got picked up yeah none of his nicknames were organic he gave himself all of them yeah all of them yeah that's awesome (laughs) i love it um but yeah so i liked i liked the vino phase uh reason being man i always like when players kind of have that that act too you know when you really just stop giving a damn about everything and you're just trying to win um i think you kind of see that with bron right now and you know very very few players kind of get to have that act too of their career. Obviously young Kobe won the three rings with Shaq. Um, you know, a lot of stuff was going on at that time. He was still kind of not playing sidekick to Shaq, but Shaq was there. He's in his shadow for better or for worse. 
um, you know, had a ton of success, but, you know, was obviously scrutinized and that whole relationship was scrutinized and all that drama. I think when he came back in that second act and won those last two with Powell, it was just, it was a different, a different guy. You know what I mean? I think I tweeted out the video yesterday of those Kobe system commercials, which I loved. I thought they were hilarious. Underrated commercials for sure. Uh, shoe commercials. But he said a joke. He was like, you know, can you be the different, a different animal and the same beast? Which like he was joking. But you kind of look at that set second act. Wait, it, it, it kind of was that way. He said, "Animal in the same beast." <laughs> a different. He says, "Yes, you're a different animal, but are you the same beast?" Like it, it was great. You got to watch the commercials to, uh, to like kind of see yeah, what he was like on. That. But like, yeah. But pretty much, you know, a different animal, same beast. Like he was being funny, but at the same time, like it was kind of true in the sense that, like, you know, here he was, same dude. But he's in this different phase of his career where obviously his motivations are different. I don't think he any longer gave a damn about what people thought about him, what they were saying about him. If they said that he shot the ball too much, if they said that he had a sour look on his face, that he didn't pass, that he wasn't a great teammate, all that stuff. I don't think he gave a damn. Um, he just had that singular focus just on winning. And uh, those last two rings with Powell, man, I mean, that was that was great. That was awesome, you know? Um and to pick those up at that phase in his career, which again, that second act, you know, he'd been away from that stage for a few years and played on some truly awful Lakers teams. I'll never forget. I was watching sports. They were Center. really bad, bro. He was trying yeah. to get out of there. Yeah, it was bad. I was, wa- I was watching sports center and Chris Mim got hurt. And the, the announcer at the time was like, Oh, that's a significant injury for the Lakers. And I'm sitting there thinking if Chris Mim is a significant injury for your ball club, Things aren't looking good. You're in trouble, bro. <laughs> You're in big trouble, like big yeah. time trouble, right? Yeah. So, you know, Kobe was just taking some terrible squads. He's playing with the likes of Smush Parker. And remember, like, the Devin George trade situation where this dude pretty much wouldn't allow himself to get traded and, like, all types of just crazy shit going on, you know. Um, yeah, that post shot. It they, was ugly for a second. Yeah, it was ugly. It was ugly. And, you know, he was even talking about getting traded, and there was all that talk about him coming to the Bulls and all that stuff. Um, but then they swing that POW deal, which is still the heist of the fucking millennium lifetime, whatever. Yo, real uh, quick, bro. For heist. Yeah. Real quick, bro. <laughs> real quick, bro. If if you're David Stern and you can veto the Chris Paul, you can veto, like, you do your thing. I, I, don't, I don't understand how, how that gets through. I feel like he threw a lob to Kobe. Like, for I can't sure. let you. I can't let you go out like this, bro. He he can't die out here like this. This is I mean, that was probably what I want to say, but like he can't he can't be out here like this with this terrible squad, right? Right. Um. So they make that trade. The funny thing about that trade, though, is that Mark Gasol was actually sent from the Lakers to the Grizzlies, and it took like six years, but he became an All Star. Um. So they actually did get Mark Gasol back in that trade. Um. For Powell, two brothers traded for each other um that's so, definitely that's a forgotten it. piece on that for sure yeah that's crazy you know and it's not like they knew mark gasol was going to be some great player it just happened um but yeah you know they swing that trade man and now um <clears throat> you know he, he's got a legitimate you know top 15 top 20 player playing with him, and everything changes you know um win two nba championships again in that later part of his career man and that's kind of when that mamba was born you know out of vino the mamba came you know, another nickname that he gave himself. Right. So I really love the 2-4 Kobe. I love the 8 Kobe, too, because he was just that young that young gunslinger. Um, but, you know, he was kind of a punk, and I think we all had a lot to say about him back in the day. But at that, that 24, it's not like he humbled himself. He definitely didn't humble himself. 
but it was just a, it was just a different. Just it was a, a different wiser guy. guy. Yeah, a wiser guy, but just didn't give a damn. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I I'm gonna have to go with number eight because I liked his game more back then. He had a little 24 in him, but I just love the above the rim number eight, get in your face, dunk on you. He still had that, and when he was number 24, obviously, but. The young Cove was Shaq winning three chips in a row, those battles in Sacramento. When I think of Kobe, I, I, I tend to to move towards Afro Kobe first. But I then also have a really strong connection with 24-2 because at that point, that's when the LeBron, is LeBron better than Kobe started to creep in? And I was not having it. It wasn't even a discussion for me, right? We talked about, you know, killer instinct for LeBron, all that. So I got some love for 24, and those series with Boston were awesome, yep. as we know. Um, so, yeah, man, this is tough. I have a number eight, Kobe, at the crib. I'm about to be rock. When I get home, I'm rocking it in totality for the next, for a minute. I, I Unless I have... Something where I cannot wear a jersey, then I'm going to be wearing that jersey through and through all week. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, just uh, great, great memories on the court, man. You love watching one of the all-time greats. Another reason I love the 24 Kobe, man. He was still wearing that baggy ass jersey. He was, yo. <laughs> <laughs> he did wear the big ass jersey, big bro. Ass jersey forever. Jersey you know was I mean? big as shit. Yeah. Big as shit. When everybody else started to slim down, the dry fit was coming in. He's like, nah, I need that champion. Doug, that champion, 40 size, 42. He would, you know he would, saying? he would tuck it and then it would like, it would like, he would like <laughs> obviously come out from shooting jumpers and stuff and it would yeah. like hang over and like the numbers would almost fold up. The, the, yep. the jersey was enormous. And then also, I mean, just the shoe game. Like, I'll never forget, shout out my boy Darren. Um, First and only dude I know who ever copped the Kobe moon boots. You remember those? Yeah, the Adidas, yeah. The Adidas, yeah. The moon boots, loved them. Like, we used to roast them hard for those. But Kobe came out with the moon boots when he was on Adidas and then started coming out with just the crazy Nikes towards the end of his career. Um, so just iconic. I mean, people are still playing in the Kobe's. Um, so, I mean, just obviously a, a huge legacy and, you know, like I said, a cultural icon. Um <clears throat> It is crazy when you think about like the LA part of it and how much it means to LA, obviously, and you know, play his whole career with that team. Um, I yeah, mean, for them to lose Nipsey and then Kobe in essentially what like a like a twelve month span, yeah, is truly for a lot of young folks. Just like those were their guys. Like yep. Nipsey was the rapper business guy. Kobe was the Hooper business guy. They both were family oriented, and and it was crazy. I was actually you talk, talk about yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say you talk about grief, like it's you know that's a that's a perfect example. Like with the Nipsey, with the Kobe, it was just sadness, right? That that Nipsey for me, the initial reaction was anger. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, because you know, as a black of, man, just yeah. the fact that you know that happened, like it's just you know like enough is you know what I mean like I'm just so sick. Like, I was, I was talking to my girl about this yesterday. I was like, I was just so sick of that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm so sick of that happening. Like, it just makes me sick to my stomach. And it was just like an anger. Like, I can't believe it. You know what I mean? Like, um, whereas the Kobe, it was just sadness. You know yeah. what I mean? And obviously, the Nipsey situation was clearly sad once everything kind of settled down. 
but just like the anger of this man getting shot in front of his own store um by another black man was just you know that was just that was just a lot for me so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I know exactly what you mean yeah that's more of a um i'm upset this sets our culture and our race and everything that, back back and, and everything that we've been kind of building up like this is just another step back for that and this is just a tragic with kobe this is this a tragedy is just a tragedy tragic accident yeah no doubt yeah just 40, crazy and obviously yeah. you obviously know like kobe's been around for a while but like when i heard them say 41 years old out loud i was kind of sh- not shocked but that made it worse for me for just hearing 41 out loud like dude that's he has he hasn't even lived half his life yet probably oh. do you know what i'm saying for him nope. to accomplish as much as he has and he hasn't even he's just he's just getting started like it seems like just cuz kobe comes in the league yo did you i saw a tweet today did you know kobe uh came in the league the same day as reasonable doubt was uh dropped that's crazy, 96? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I might need to fact check it, but... Yeah, I need to check that number. Yeah, but that uh, if that's true, that's wild, but I should yeah. double check that. But either way, it's just... When you see a young dude come in, and you cause when you're locked into sports like we're locked in, you kind of grow up with the guys. You know what I'm saying? It's like... It's, it, yeah. We go through it all the time where we hear someone's name, and they're like, yo, that dude's been in the league nine years. Like, how is that possible? And it's like, dude, we've been watching that dude forever. So the 41 years old really hurt me. And I was actually talking. I want to get your thoughts on this, too, because there's been some people that we knew this was coming, right, that we're going to bring up uh, Kobe's rape case and his sexual assault case. And... I was thinking about this earlier, and obviously he didn't talk about that much, but if you really look at it and pull the positive out of it, regardless of what happened, we know you know the the, the case got thrown out and the civil the civil suit we know the you know what I mean there's no, I'm not going to get into that, but what I'm trying to get at is I think to pull the positive out of it. It changed his life drastically. Like, I don't think he becomes, well, I mean, I can't say I don't think he becomes, but I think it really refocused him into what's important to focus on his family. Hoop. I'm, man, I'm here to hoop, raise my children, and have a healthy relationship with Vanessa. It kind of like refocused him and locked him back in even more than he was already locked in already. It can almost be like. He just he always turned and, and and used if it was negative or positive energy and kind of fueled him into becoming the person he wanted to be and used it as motivation. Oh yeah, and and definitely uh, you know as far as basketball is concerned with that situation, I don't know if he was never you know I feel like he his basketball focus was probably the same as it ever was but the family but just like as a man it, yeah as, as a yeah, man the family aspect of it absolutely i mean just that thought of you know as a like man almost, losing your almost family crumbled, getting a right. divorce like yeah that shit crumbling and setting up visitation to see my kids and all that shit like right. you know what i mean like that's that's a whole nother reality that you don't want to go through 
So I'm sure that that refocused him and, you know, said, hey, look, man, I got to stop screwing around. I think he's he's a maniacal worker. So I think the basketball aspect was already there, but it was probably like, yeah, I, was talking, I, can't, I can't give a fuck about basketball, basketball, more basketball, of his, basketball. More of him basketball. as a man, right? I'm so selfish. Yeah, I'm just so selfish that I'm just focused on me and basketball, whereas it's like, oh, shit, I got a family. Like, you know, I almost lost that, you know? Um, so, yeah, obviously that whole situation refocused him. As far as people bringing it up, look, I mean, you know, you knew it was going to happen and it is part of his story. I think it's just a matter of how you bring it up. Um, you know, I've seen, I've seen a couple different ways to bring it up. You can bring it up and speak on it. Like, Hey, it happened. Acknowledge it for sure. But the people who like throw their feelings into it, like, Oh, I'm so conflicted. This is how this is bothering how I'm thinking. Like, I don't know how to process this. I don't give a damn about how you're processing it. You know, I don't give a damn about your feelings on it at that particular moment. Like if you want to acknowledge that it happened, if you want to make sure that, you know, like whatever, that's fine. Right. For sure. It happened. Absolutely. But if you want to sit around and pretend like you're some sort of like, you know, emotional martyr or whatever, because fucking you're conflicted on how you feel about mourning a man and his daughter or a man because of, you know, the allegations and stuff. Well, I mean, like you should just fall off of your high horse. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't stand people like that because it's very like self-serving and it's just it's very like me, me, me. Let me show you, you know, how I'm about how I feel about this, you know. Um, so yeah, it's I don't I don't have time for that. But again, I don't. If you're gonna bring it up and acknowledge it, like yeah, it happened, man. You know, acknowledge every part of everybody's life. Yeah, I think the but, biggest you know, thing for me is it. It really just yeah, it kind of gave him a little push <laughs> on the on the the man side of things because I agree with you. He was always locked in for hoops, but it was a little reminder, like man, my whole my whole family life was in shambles and and i think that really propelled him into into locking in like he was locking on hoops on that side and it it, it gave him more joy with you know just being a family guy and being a a less selfless family first hoop second doesn't matter what's third a hundred percent and that's what's important so i mean acknowledge that growth as well you know for sure so absolutely you have to acknowledge that growth but yeah, I mean, just overall, man, just any just favorite tough, Kobe man. moments. Um, yeah, like what? What are your favorite Kobe hooping moments? Kobe hooping moments. Oh, I had to look it up because um, I remember the game. I just don't remember the circumstance. But I looked it up. I think it was two thousand six against the Suns. Um, it was like game five, game six, something like that. Lakers down two. Um, Smush Parker of all people gets a steal. I remember watching this game too. Smush Parker of all people gets a steal, right? Gets it to Devin George. Devin George immediately gives it to Kobe. Kobe goes and ties it up 90-90, right? They go into overtime. Um, <clears throat> Kobe gets the tip from, I forget, comes down and just hits that like signature fadeaway fadeaway yeah, shot that he two. had you yeah. know that long two yeah, yeah. <laughs> the arms fully extended out you know drills it time expires they win the ball game um and like for me that's just like quintessential kobe is that like, the I remember same that game shot. when he pulled the the jersey to the side and showed like the heart i don't think it was that no i don't think he no? did that because i think yeah i think he got mobbed but um i don't remember if that happened or not to be completely honest with you i just remember that shot because i remember it was against phoenix and those phoenix squads were fire dude but, those squads um, were past that lakers home yeah those squads were fun man yeah 
But then, you know, as far as like an off the court, I mean, and also the Rajah Bell situation. I love the Rajah Bell yeah. situation. I remember he gave some interview after all that um, during the season or whatever. And they're like, you know, so what do you think about Rajah Bell saying stuff? He's like, who? Yeah. Rajah who? I don't know that guy. Do you know that guy? Like, I just remember that quote and I was weak. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. Like I said, my mind tends to to go back to, to number eight, Kobe. So one of my favorite moments is the lob to Shaq, obviously that that series against portland to to come back from the 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 deficit the double digit deficit in the fourth quarter i love that i'm really excited to watch the replay of his last game at staples where he had 60 uh to close out his career because i remember watching it the first time and i don't know if you watched it but if you Absolutely. remember, he started the game like 0 for 8. Yeah. And he was like missing shit badly, like off the side of the backboard type of shit. And obviously Kobe was coming down. Like he, he wasn't having a good year overall. But in Kobe fashion, he just shot through it. And then all of a sudden just went berserk. They end up coming back. He ends up getting the W. So that's a really, really dope moment as well. Um, oh, I love that game. That was that was just true Kobe. He was going for it. It was too. just like he was just chucking. It was just Kobe, like he like you chucking. said, I don't care. I'm unapologetically me. I don't care what they're gonna write tomorrow. Like I'm shooting the way. What did he shoot it that night? Like almost fifty five times or something crazy? I don't know. I got it up right now. He was twenty two for fifty. Yeah, he, he shot, shot twenty one threes. Yeah, he shot it fifty times. Like, come on, yeah. stop it. Yeah, stop it. I'm I'm getting I'm getting every last one of mine. I'll put in the work. Yep, a couple, a couple crazy. other. Yo, did you see? Um, <clears throat> you saw Dwight Powell blow out his Achilles the other day at uh, Dallas, right? Yeah. So he blows out his Achilles, and he is inconsolably on the ground. He he has to get like they they basically pick him up and walk him off the floor. Yeah, no go, chance he was coming back go, and shooting some free yes, throws. Yes, bro. Go look <laughs> yeah. at like some footage of people blowing out their Achilles and what happens after. It's definitely not even close to walking around, and it's definitely not walking to the, the bench, coming off the bench, walking to the free throw line, knocking down two free throws, and then walking back to the bench. Yeah, you fall. Like, you're done. You're done. Like People yeah. are getting in wheelchairs. Like so yeah, He was just finished. A, he was just a different cat, so a different guy. That was one of my favorite moments. Obviously, the Matt Barnes thing, never back down. That's a lesson in itself. Like, never back down. Never be scared. Who cares? Like, just fearless. And uh, you know how hard it is not to flinch at some shit like that. Like, even if you're yeah, not was, scared. Yeah. It, it was just really impressive at how locked he was. Um, but yeah, man, I was I was they talked about it on the they talked about it on their podcast. Yeah, so that's gonna be one of his final sit down interviews. interviews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. I got I got a question for you though. Yeah. Um did you watch the last game already? Uh the I mean I watched it when it was happening. I haven't watched no, the no, rerun. But not, okay, because I just they, pulled up the box. They just court. said ESPN is gonna rerun it tonight at like eight, so I think I'm gonna watch it tonight. Can you name the other four starters for the Lakers that year? Ooh. Or that game? Wow. 
Just to show you who they had Kobe running with at the end of his nah, career. Who is it? I don't remember at all. <laughs> all right. D'Angelo Russell okay, yeah. played 36 minutes, started. Jordan Clarkson ah, played 34 yeah. minutes. Roy Hibbert. No way, bro. Yes, Roy Hibbert played, started that game, played 21 minutes. I think that was it for Roy Hibbert in the league. Where and is Roy Julius Hibbert? Ran- He's out the league. Julius Randle. Oh, yeah, Drew Randle. Yeah, I believe, yeah. yeah, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And Tariq this- Black played 18 minutes for the Lakers. <laughs> in that game. So I mean, they, they were running, they were running about there. Was that that was around the time when they had those videos of him like, "Come on, Mitch, I can't be playing with these dudes." <laughs> I guess that was a couple of years earlier, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the guy was, yeah, man, that's uh, that's just crazy, man. Yeah, it's just a really sad thing, it's man. It's just really sad. It's really sad. I feel again. I can't understate how much I feel for his family. Just you know, yeah, um, Vanessa you know, lost being a father, like the love like of that. her life, and. A daughter, or a child, man, and like you know, of an instant, yeah, it's crazy. And like he talked about him being forty-one. I mean, like he he was just again just starting to enjoy the fruits of his labor, you know, being around, being away from his kids and right. and all that stuff. And now finally getting to spend that time. Like I know how important it was to be taking his daughter to games and and shit like that. That's when I really felt for it too. I mean, obviously, just as a father, like those that you know that whole aspect of it. Yeah, man, I like, tweeted. Really, really yeah, sad. for sure. I tweeted a video of Kobe talking about why he got the helicopter in the first place. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you know, I, I used to drive and then the traffic started getting really, really bad. And I was starting to miss stuff for, you know, their like extracurricular activities and I couldn't pick them up for school anymore, this, that, and the third. And he said that, you know, the helicopter kind of fixed all that. He could get up in the morning. He could get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, go get his shots up, go get working, take the chopper back home, have breakfast with the kids, take the kids to school, do whatever he had to do in the afternoon, practice, whatever, get on the chopper, get back, and then pick them up for school. He was like, you never, I mean, I would go on road trips where I I wouldn't see him for 10 days. So that was kind of his thing and his reason for getting the chopper in the first place. So, yeah, man, it's it's all it's, it's, very, very tragic. It's just tragic, man. Again, just the fact that two children, um, two children passed away, man. Like, that's just, you know, yeah, two children passing away, man. Like, I just, you know. Yeah. Obviously, it goes without saying that when it happens with kids, it's, it's, it's just different. Anything you would like to see uh, from the league? Maybe something for the all-star game. I saw a suggestion yeah. on letting one team run just all number eights. And then I think like one the and eights and one the twenty-fours. Yeah. I liked that. I thought that was a cool idea if the players want to do. I think this is one of those times where you kind of lean on the the leaders around the league, right? You know, your LeBrons and obviously like your Adam Silver, maybe a few coaches who have some sway and they all kind of get together and decide what the best thing to do is. I, I, I trust that whatever they do will be done well. Um, the NBA tends to handle things really well. Um, so I think they should all get together and figure something out. I like the 8 and 24 idea. I think that's great. Um, you know, obviously they'll be yeah, a ton like of tributes idea. and things like that. Um, so I, I think, you know, again, whatever they do, I'm all for it. I think you just put together some some of the leadership and have them sit down and it's like, hey, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, yeah. And make it a competitive all-star game, man, you know? <laughs> yeah. let's, have a, let's, have a, let's have a competitive game in the, in the name of Kobe. Um, you know, obviously, I don't want anybody to get hurt. But that you know. should be a special weekend in Chicago too. There's going to be a lot of stuff for Kobe with people in the dunk contest and yeah, the skills sure. and all that stuff. Um, 
I'm sure there'll be eights and twenty fours on the court and all that. All so, over, all over the place. Yeah, man. Yeah. The, the big video board and and all that. But again, yeah, man. Uh, you know, prayers, prayers out to his family, man. That's just yeah, really, it's uh, really tough situation, man. Yeah, absolutely. Rest in peace, Kobe. Rest in peace, his daughter Gigi Bryant, and uh, the rest of the people that passed away in the uh, in the crash. We'll leave it there. No catch up sports talk via Chicago. R.I.P. Cope.